The Trek Files, Season 8, Episode 21, Star Trek Budgets, 1966 to 1968. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. All right, Star Trek fans. So glad you could join us again for another edition of The Trek Files. Listen, we've got a nuts and bolts memo for you this week. We've got a great document that wasn't even public. It was totally in-house. Hey, you want to crunch the numbers? We're going to crunch some numbers. But I, I promise you, I promise you, there's not math involved, or not very much anyway. Listen, you want to take a look at our document over at our page, as always, facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Um, it's it's words and letters and numbers, but I've got a great guest that's going to join us that's going to make sense of this and um, maybe teach you a little bit about the TV industry and all of our treks that you didn't know before. So take a look at that. Uh, here's a little bit of a verbal intro to give you a flavor, but, you know, stick around, come right back, and I'll be here with this week's guest. Show title, Corvamite Maneuver. Show budget, 177037 Final cost, 190716 Mantrap. Show budget, 186276 Final cost, 185687 Galileo 7. Show budget, 203831 Final cost, 232,976. Shore leave. Show budget, 190,276. Final cost, 200,144. All right, Trekophiles. Yes, I'm speaking to all you, spelled with an F. I know it's numbers, but bear with me. We're looking at, boy, the internal guts here of what was driving Star Trek all the way from how, what kind of success the show was having with the network in-house to what was affecting the stories that you saw on screen back in the day. And here we are 55, 60 years later, analyzing these stories and, and forgetting to factor in at times what, the, what this original budget, you know, what the cost was. Uh, because that affects everything, whether we like to admit it or not. And again, I can think of no one better to have on board to talk about all this kind of thing than our good friend, longtime assistant director, first and second, back during the Berman era on Star Trek, uh, Voyager, Enterprise, TNG even. Um, then our good friend, Mike Demerit, who's teaching now. He knows all things about the industry. Mike, I'm so glad I know you're a Trek fan, too. And that's why going through pages like this, these these memos and documents, is so much fun, don't you think? Oh, this is exciting, this one. By, by the way, no TNG for me. Oh, I thought you were no the TNG. tail end as a second second. Okay. No, that was uh, David Trotty. And uh, I did help out on Deep Space Nine when they had big days and we didn't. I would be sent over to assist, which is a, which is a story for another day. That would be a um, great, that would be a great uh, novel. Big day at DS9. Okay. Big day at DS9. Because uh, they had some big days. Yeah. Um, I love this budget sheet. Uh, it, it, uh, the one thing that's odd uh, that, you know, this is a this has to be an internal document because it shows what they wanted and what it actually was. So it's after the actuarial budget mm -hmm. has come out. 
So these are conclusions. These are not before production, they're after. And I think you speculated that this might be uh, some some kind of data required in that transition from Desilu to Paramount, uh, that they were looking at what is your pattern budget really? Not what was budgeted, mm -hmm. but what do you really spend? And that's called an actuarial budget, what you really spent. And that's a, that's a, that's the thing that'll get a show canceled if they're <laughs> over budget too much. Oh, no, say it ain't so. Oh, wait, it did it's happen. So. Yes. But again, there are all kinds of factors going on. And I, again, I think this is nine episodes in by the time they had final figures. Maybe they're, they've got two or three in production various stages. But to have a final figure uh, to compare, we're, we're nine shows in, which means we're mid-season second, which is about the time the Paramount deal went through. And we know I think it's a that, good spend. I think you're right. Yeah, and there's a lot of of you know girding for budget battles and Paramount putting the screws to, because it was an inherited show where we've gone from it being Lucy yeah. and Herb's you know baby and golden child maybe to uh, no, it's just another uh, you know another stone that the new Paramount has to take on its road to building a TV empire. And uh, so some things in here that just together. Yeah. yeah, some of the things just surprises me. Just absolutely surprises me. Um, because, you know, I look at the, the, uh, the rocks on the, you know, the Galileo episode and I look at the, uh, the, where they're at inside and I'm like, that's a reuse, that's a reuse, that's a reuse. Yeah. How the heck did that one get to go so over budget? It has to be the exterior of the ship. It's, mm -hmm. it's the only thing I can think of the exterior of the shuttle. Maybe they had some optical costs in there well, uh, just so people can yeah. comprehend it. Right. Yeah. If, if we were to talk 2022, right? Mm -hmm. 177,000. That's the pattern they like to show. That would be 1.6 million today. Uh, so when you're talking about the one that's over budget, 200 and something, I punched into a, an inflation calculator, 2.1 million, not an insignificant no, no. overage. Uh, no. So that, that was like, you know, I did not expect that. <laughs> the other thing that I find fascinating, uh, if you are trying to show to someone your budget savvy consciousness. Why did they put Menagerie one and two together when they could have said episode one, episode two coming in at half? That shocks me. I'm like, if you're trying to say, hey, look, we don't always spend that much, you could have taken your average budget down by calling them what they were two episodes, not one. So yeah. that may have been a mistake on someone's part if they're trying to upsell the show. It's, it's an, I would love to know where this came from. Yeah, well, now I can see because just, you know, the power of the accountants. Forget actors mm -hmm. and directors and producers and writers and uh, the visual effects folks at the end. It's those accountants when they're telling you what square to fill out and what account this is going to go into. We're going to part this part of this day into this shows and this part into this episode under this budget. But, you know, I, I'm thinking that because when they filmed Menagerie, the whole we all know that the they famously reused the cage because they were getting behind on delivery dates and came up with this wonderful, you know, the, on, on the surface, the cage is unusable. It's not even our current cast. There's only one member. The The visuals all look completely different. We've changed a lot since then, but... The characters are different. Right, right, right. The whole cast, yeah. save Spock, is different, but... If we can, we posit this, we frame it as back in time at some point, because it does look a little rougher and rawer than, you know, just two years later where their, where their development got to. So this idea of making it in the past, you know, is genius. Plus now we have a whole series. What do we say? The longest pilot to pick up order in history yeah. <laughs> from six for Strange New Worlds. 
But you I'm thinking the, you can count the number of TV shows I got two pilots on like one hand. Exactly. We used it's, to say it's super rare. First and first time in history for little uh, Desilu to be doing this, but. Since the accountants are running the show with Menagerie because they're re they're recirculating that footage, they only basically had to do one normal episode's worth of fresh shooting, all I the envelope that. wraparounds to do it. So in their minds, it's another episode, but they're getting two out of it. It's that's on the editors, you know. But your but your thinking is that uh, the accountants were controlling this piece of paper. Well, I'm just I, saying I'm just saying that for to go back and get these numbers that that's the way they're set up and no one's going to sit down at this point and try to parse out what see, scene see, I, what I, scene. I absolutely would have if i was there i, I would have said oh, oh why are you combining those two i hear you because i know it would have brought the average down i hear and you it would have, then you wouldn't have someone from another show saying why don't we get this money unless someone from say paramount jumped in and said oh look you did two shows for half as much why don't you do more of that <laughs> You're afraid, you're afraid that they can make it for half. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. What was the problem I, here? Let's just do this all the time. No, you yeah. got you got a valid point because they, they do sort of think that way. But you, I, you I think found about it, Galileo 7, it's just a bunch of rock, like a bottle show with rocks. But if you yeah. think, yes, the ex, not just the exterior, but the interior set and the miniature and the miniature hangar deck all are probably, uh, you know, amortized to that or chalked up to this episode. So, so, so none of that is seen prior to It's a huge to override. Episode. It's like a, a 15, 16, 18% overrun because of that, I think. But they're planning on getting that back as they use all those sets and miniatures later. So they, well, and, and this is the other thing that's a, that surprises me is, uh, you know, in the modern uh, thinking, uh, amortization is, is a common technique by which you take the punch out of a set or anything that's expensive. Mm -hmm. So if you know, like we knew when we built the bridge to Voyager, when we built the bridge to Enterprise, that we had a certain number of episodes that were guaranteed. So they didn't say, you know, oh, first episode, $3.5 million for the, this set. They spread it out over the episode order so that it was amortized over time so that each episode was paying a little bit into that pot right. on paper. And you weren't building and that, that fresh works. sets of the swing set, sets of the week. That's why I think on Enterprise that you worked on, that's why I think the trilogies, mm -hmm. people think about them as the way the story structure was, but it also, even more than a two-parter. Now you've got a three-parter and you're amortizing some of those set costs. Well, particularly in the fourth season. Uh, the fourth That's season I mean. was yeah, our, the trilogies yeah. when Manny was running the show, the fourth season, right. It was our most constrained financially season was the fourth season, mm. was that final season. But I, I personally think uh, the best writings in that season. That's a personal opinion. Um, I, I think that that is the... I've had people who did not care for Enterprise stop watching it. And I say, hey, do me a favor, watch the fourth season. Don't watch the first one. Don't watch the last one. Watch the ones in between. And I will get emails back saying like, boy, if this had been the show, oh man, that was fantastic. Because it was the transition from the trek mm -hmm. that we were sort of having to the one that we know. Uh, and I thought uh, Manny Cotto just, he was so on it. That's such a great season, uh, except for the bookends. It's such a great season. <laughs> the first uh, and last, yeah. yeah. But we were, by that point in time, uh, we were able to amortize and reuse sets that we'd had hold and folded. I mean, I, I would look on the back of a set and it would say, you know, Borg wall number, whatever, or, uh, you know, there was, when I started, when I started, we had a rock that we used to block things that would reveal too much. There's this big old rock. And they said, hey, bring the Ponderosa rock over here. Bring the Ponderosa rock over there. And I looked at it and I said, it is sort of shaped like that map of the Ponderosa. 
And I, and I eventually I asked, I said, we call that the Ponderosa rock because it's shaped like the Ponderosa. And when the, the key grip looked at me and said, no, Mike, they used it on Ponderosa. Like <laughs> used it on Bonanza. Yeah. On Bonanza. Right. So it went, it was, you know, you, if you have it and you can reuse it, you do. And that's one of the ways you keep your cost controls. I think the first series has a little disadvantage there mm-hmm. uh, because the idea of hold and fold isn't a hundred percent in place. Um, so they, 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 every time they go somewhere new, there's nothing to borrow from. Right. It has to be built. Right. Fresh. And that was right. also looked upon sort of negatively because in the thirties and forties, you know, that's what the three stooges did. That's you, the shorts would come in on a set that was built for another movie and they would write a short to fit this movie. So that's a short film thing. So I think there was also a stigma to the idea that you would, you know, hey, what are they using over on, uh, what was the submarine show, right? What, we, we could use, we could borrow that set, put a little paint on it. That wasn't a thing, right? Now it is, now it is. People are more than willing to go somewhere, borrow something, uh, take it out of some storage and reuse it. Uh, in fact, there's an entire website you can go to, ABC, um, ABC television sets, I think it's called, where you can rent sets that were built for TV shows or whatever you want to shoot. Well, of all, course. it's all there. Well, yes, that, that thinking is very different now. Well, the thinking has, I mean, everything has changed from standalones into streaming to 26 episodes to 10 to uh, what, you know, a first run and a rerun and no one will ever see it again to disposal, you know, to, to personal media you know, VHS tapes and DVDs and Nostra. I mean, yeah. Uh, individual, episodic, everything has to have a beginning, middle, end, so you can watch it out of order. Yeah. You know, that, yes. that is dismissed now, right? Yes. That, um, that, that, by the way, was one of the hardest things to get Berman on board for, uh, to, to go away from the episodic model and to tell a story arc. Uh, sure. But when, when we tried it, which is the Zindi, Right. When he agreed, he would try to say, I'll give Enterprise. it. Right. Yeah. He said, I'll give it. I'll give it like five or six episodes. See where we go. He fell in love with it. And he began to see why this was the modern storytelling, because we no longer think of an episode as a film. We think of it as a chapter in a mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. And now you can you can continue stories. Um, but you notice uh, strange, strange, new, strange new voyages, strange new, new series, mm-hmm. strange new worlds. Um they have gone completely. It's like every one right. of these is like getting middle end. Feels very 1960s, very the 1970s. Is back. And it's kind of a fright. A lot of people missed it. A lot of people who have known nothing since Lost, but serialized uh, just in TV in general, you know, love it. Just, but- just, just think if if uh, if they didn't have a show pressure or they didn't have a budget pressure, they never would have pulled that footage out of the vault. We never would have had the menagerie. Wouldn't be any Captain mm-hmm. Pike stories. Nobody know who he was. I mean, all of this comes from one decision that was made probably for an economic reason. We oh, need totally. to get more capital yeah. out of the commercials. We need another episode. So, but I'll tell you, under modern modern metrics, right, with the Screen Actors Guild, there's no way on earth that the Menagerie would be considered an episode. You, you would have to have paid those actors for two. You would have to have documented in the SAG G's. When they were on one episode, when they were on the other, uh, it would not. You would have had to have parsed it out for the purposes of residuals. So I, I think that somewhere somebody did that. So there's a conscious decision here, right? Not to do it in this document. Well, overall, we're looking at you know the, we know the saga of the original series, and we know that yeah. they were always under the gun, rightly or wrongly. 
we, you know, it needed, at times I think their tongue was, come on guys, we're pioneering something here, but nobody could stand up and say, you're gonna be making money on this for 50 years, for 100 years, so lighten up a little. You know, no one knew, no one cared, knew had, obviously didn't have that kind of foresight. But Only one person had that foresight, right? Right, Desi Arnett mm-hmm. is the only one. And he, and he, uh, he, he made television what we think of television today in secondary markets and tertiary markets. That's from him. He, he deserves that credit. I think he's often not um, recognized mm-hmm. for how influential some of his decisions were because he personally didn't make any money off of it except on his own projects. Uh, but he set the tone. I Love Lucy proved people will watch the same thing twice. Can you imagine how television would be if if they were just constantly making new stuff and you could never see the old stuff? Uh, we wouldn't have streaming. None of this would exist. We wouldn't have pop culture, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Well, at least not the way it is now. It'd be something else. <laughs> oh, Mike, we could talk about this all day long. Um, oh, I listen. love numbers like this. These are just so <laughs> it's so hard to find data like this. Making making numbers come alive. No, I know. So th- thanks again, Mike, for being with us. We'll have to have you back sometime again. Can you do that? Anytime. Okay, thanks. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment, please do, are available at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at LarryNimichek.com. That's where you can link in for all the new Trek Files swag and shirts at our Public shop, too. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.